Match day seven, Atletico Ottawa nil, Forge FC one, another loss at home, another shutout at home. Just roll the music. After the Whistle, the official podcast of the Capital City Supporters Group. I'm Johnny MacArthur. I'm here with Patty Dornan every, normally Tuesday, but we're on a Wednesday again this week, all season long, giving you analysis and reactions and hot takes. And I'm tired, Patty. How about you? Uh, watching that watching that <laughs> match made me tired. <laughs> Wasn't it? Well, yeah. Just yeah. Disappointment at the end is it's 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 the worst. I'd rather have just gotten, you know, gotten it over with with a with a goal 10 minutes in and then just not even done anything for the rest of it. That was the hope yeah. that kills you, isn't it? Yeah. The most painful way to go out is how that happened. So yeah, yeah I mean, uh, yeah, it was, it was a rough one to watch. Um, I would describe our performance this week with a quote from the Chernobyl miniseries about some dudes getting slight radiation poisoning. Not great. Not terrible. That's how I would describe how we played <laughs> on the weekend. <laughs> Uh, it was like, I mean, fair was, enough. That's what it to me. <laughs> I know, but uh, and the meltdown afterwards from the fan base has been pretty Chernobyl esque. Yeah, that is <laughs> that is true. I'm sure there's something <laughs> later on in this episode about that. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't think it was uh, a particularly amazing game, but it was definitely head and shoulders above the forge or the uh, the cavalry game that we played last week, which yeah. was a good thing, I guess. Yeah uh from some perspectives because i think if we had played like we played at uh at atco is that was at atco right yeah so at atco i i don't think the result would have been this close (laughs) um so yeah we held on pretty much the whole match until the last you know in in garbage time and made a stupid mistake and you know gave up three points to forge who definitely does not need it at this point in the table (laughs) definitely does not who are now sitting with 15 and us sitting with five yeah, yeah, 10 points clear of us. No, you're absolutely right. The performance was like, it was not a, des- for me, I mean, obviously, we all last season, whenever we'd win a game that we didn't quote-unquote deserve, we'd be like, oh, boo-hoo, cry more. We won three points, who cares? But, like, now being on the other side of it, you know, you, we, we can be totally self-aware and be like, yo, listen, like, a game that, I'm not going to use the term we, des- we deserve to win because that's not how any of this works, but no. I, I, you know, could have seen us easily win that game. And to see us instead not even draw and get a point out of it and lose it with 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 a, a garbage goal conceded right at the end is like yeah, it's just a different type of frustration. It's like between last week and this week, it's like two complete opposite sides of the spectrum as far as fr- how frustrated you are with the loss. <laughs> well, yeah, that's just it. So it's 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 it sucks in on so many varying levels yeah. to see us lose in injury time at home you know, to just add on to the pile of disappointment that happens at TD Place every week. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, when we talk about the performance, I'm mean, let's roll right into the stats. I know we, you first thing you wanted to highlight is the shots and the on-target yeah. shots. When yeah. have we ever been leading in those stats? By Never. this much. Never. So, <laughs> By this much. Yeah, we had 13 shots and eight were on target, which included three big chances. And somehow Tristan Henry denied us over and over and over and over again. And I like, I want to hate on the guy, but there's a reason he was selected Gatorade player of the week. And it was this game. It was so. Yeah. 
It's, it's, it's frustrating because they weren't it's, even it's saves. Always, they he always turns out against us. He all every time, every time, and they weren't even saves that like I would be like, oh, well, he shot it directly at Tristan Henry. No, like some of them were pretty they difficult saves. They were good saves. saves. They and were I'm like, <laughs> like, I wanted to pull my hair out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah so like, it's crazy. Just for- turning up against us. I don't know what it is about us, but he fucking hates us and just turns into prime Buffon basically every time. Yeah. Play. Like so at could, least this could, season he has anyways. It's- could you imagine if we had 13 shots and eight on target against cavalry? It would have been like eight two. Yeah. So like, yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> this is so frustrating. Um, but you know, it's, and it's uh, another week where we basically got shut out on passing stats, uh, 525 mm. to 376. Uh, they had nearly twice as many passes in our half as we had in their half. Almost twice as many. And we had a grand total of yeah, two I mean, accurate crosses. 9% cross accuracy, <laughs> which is <laughs> terrible. It's just not good. It's really bad. Love it. So, Love it. yeah. Um, I mean, I will it, say, though, that even though they had way more passes in our half, um, I'm pretty sure we were just about level with... Pa- yeah, we all uh, basically the exact same amount of passes in our own half. We'd, Normally, yeah, we, we get killed on both of those. Yeah. So, so I mean, obviously, we were playing most of our game in our half, which is neither here nor there usually for us. Um, yeah. You know, at, at our pass accuracy with them was was pretty even. I think it was like eighty seven, eighty five. Um, yeah. I mean, great. In a in an Uno reverse card of passing stats, we actually beat them on every defensive stat except shocker keeper saves. Which is good for yeah. us, oh I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, so we don't, we don't get those either. So no, that's and, that's and that's just nice. it. Well, so so yeah. So overall, the stats were kind of a, a bit of a mixed bag. I I don't think I think we were in a lot of trouble going into the locker room at halftime. Um, and I really have to give the boys credit where credits due. Yeah. I think they came out of the locker room and played a completely different <laughs> game, which sucks because that's like typical classic ato the first half is always like slow a bit uncoordinated a bunch of errors and then they go into the locker room and carlos says something to them you know and then they come out and it's like a different team um and we've talked about it over and over again i would just like to see that team play from the opening whistle (laughs) instead of from the opening halftime whistle in the second half so yeah not uh yeah it's tough it's tough to watch no, and they call it the, uh, uh, the the Jekyll and Hyde game, right? And it definitely mm. was one of those. Although I will say that I think the opening five ten minutes, we looked like a different team. We were keeping possession, we were pressing yeah. hard, and I was like, "Oh my god, did we learn from last week?" But then we just let it turn off again, like yeah. immediately. Took, and so took, I'm sure that gas. when they went in, when they went into the, the dressing room, Carlos said just that. He's like, guys, you started off right and then fell right off. You got to get back on because this is, you know, we're not going to have another repeat of last week. So, yeah, everyone played like they had a fire in their ass for the second half. And I, we need consistency on this, baby. We can't be playing. Yeah. We can't be doing this every week. Yeah, no, definitely not. <laughs> Honestly, for a second, I thought you were going to do a straight up Carlos impression. And I was I was ready for it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to, but it might end up being offensive. So yeah, that's 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 fair. That's fair. Yeah. So no, I I, I think you're right. I think that it was a Jacqueline Hyde game, and I think that we're continuing to see that this season. Um, it spilled over a little from last season because last season we had a little bit of the same. Yeah. Except last season we were able to mm-hmm. hold on to a lot of that for draws. We were basically able to like kind of hold on by the skin of our teeth and and pull out a draw. Or 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 eke out a, a one nothing win. So we we don't really have that this season. Yeah, 
No, and that's the thing is that yeah, you know, we do. If you're gonna do, like, we would do the Jekyll and Hyde, and, but this like this game, we were lucky to not be down at the half. Yeah. Whereas other games, we would be down at the half, and then but still wouldn't flip it on until we started the second half, right, or even later. So. Yeah, there were definitely some some plays that uh, I was like, the only reason we didn't get scored on is because of the forge, whatever forge player was taking the shot, like roofed it or got a weird bounce or just was off balance because <laughs> there were a bunch. Yeah. And I was like, oh, here's how we go down. And then they somehow kicked it over the net, yeah. which was great. Um, it just would have been nice if we had yeah. put some in as well. I know officially, officially they missed one big chance um, and we missed three. Um, but yeah, there was definitely some other chances that they, they definitely missed that might not, you know, qualify from Opta as big chances, but like they totally could have scored more goals. Yes, agreed. Um, yeah, there was, there was a few that I was really like, you know, on the edge of my seat and not in a good way. So yeah. it's good that they didn't manage to f- fill those in because I couldn't, I don't think any of us could take a blowout at home at this point in the season <laughs> after what we've seen so far. No, dude. If we had if we had another four nil against Forge at home, like honestly, I might not be sitting here recording this with you. I might have been like, "Can we just take the week off?" Like, I don't <laughs> want to do this. <laughs> don't worry, don't worry, listeners out, out there. Don't worry, listeners yeah, out there. If that ever does happen, like, uh, you know, due to melancholy does, yeah. and <laughs> due to extreme sadness. Yeah, we are just don't, not going to do it this time out, y'all. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, everyone out there. We would never do that to you. We would come on here and. Drink yeah. a lot of beer, booze and whine a bunch about the yeah. officials, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so not only did Forge could could they have scored two or three that they didn't, but we probably could have scored about five, um, yeah. especially one right at the end there, which I was sure was going to be the equalizer right before yep. full time. And then yep. it just it just just leaves you being like, of course, of course he kept course. it out. Like of course. just just of our course. luck today. Yeah, the, the or like the double, the assy shot that easily could have been a goal and bounced straight oh out to Miguel God. and also could have been a goal. And I was like, yep. how did he save yep, both of those? Save. I was like, this is such a piss off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, why couldn't this be Callum Irving? God. <laughs> well, that's just it, right? And I mean, we love to be like, oh, we have to work on our finishing because, you know, all those were great chances that we missed. But like the finishing was good. <laughs> the yep. finishing yep. was good. It, it was this Henry that was better. <laughs> Yep, hate that. Hate everything Christ about that. alive, man. Hate, hate, hate. Yeah, we've seen him make some horrendous mistakes. I wish he would just make them against us. <laughs> we all do. We all wish he hates that. us. He hates yeah. us. They all hate us, man. Okay, look, I wanted to bring up something from this game, and I'm like, okay, I don't know why this team has like just the air, uh, an air of being like huge douches. Like nobody on that team seems like a cool, nice, chill, fun guy. Like they literally all seem like arseholes. And remember when Dom, when Dom Samuel undercut Gianni DeSantos when they were both heading for the ball? And then oh, he yeah, flipped he over almost him. hurt him real bad. He flipped over him and then landed on his head on the ground. Yeah. Not only did, and this is obviously, you want to be like, oh, it's not his fault. He didn't do it on purpose. But normally, and Jimmy even said it on the broadcast, he's like, normally when that happens, the guy tries to grab the guy falling so that he doesn't hurt himself. Not only did he not even try to stop him from falling, but he didn't even check to see if he was okay when he was lying on the ground. He didn't like give him a tap or check anything. He stood up and walked over and high-fived Kyle Becker. That was it. I was like, you colossal douchebag. And And honestly, it's just, it's just, it's representative of their whole team to me. You know, they all just give off this era of being massive arseholes. Yeah. I know this sounds really salty because of the results (laughs) of the game, but I've always thought that. And that was just sort of exemplary. 
Of yeah, that. Johnny's like, wind up the whetstone, baby. We're grinding this axe tonight. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that that p- part of this is the reason why people don't like, like across the league, don't like Forge as a team. And I yep. think it's this culture yep. of like, we're better than everyone else in the league. They're kind of like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, like they're, they're kind of like that team in a in a '90s mo- like sports movie that's like the villain team. You know, that are super good, but like doesn't actually like none of the like all the guys are just total assholes on the team. And then like that's the vibe I get from Forge. Yeah. And then yeah. their fans just absolutely reinforce it. And it just drives me oh, yeah, absolutely sure. nuts. Like there's a reason they're the, they're the empire, man. They are the straight up empire, the Star Wars empire of of the league. Yeah. And I, I hate it. I hate it. And I hate how good yeah. they are. I hate that, too. It's just I don't know. Like, it's I, funny. I, it's funny you mention that because Kyle Becker with his like shock of blonde hair totally looks like he could, he would be like the douche on the evil team in the 80s movie. Like he looks like he'd be a buddy from the from the, the, the other the dojo Iceland- in the Karate the, Kid. Yeah, or like the Icelandic team in Mighty Ducks 2 or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. They just yeah. look like villains, don't they? They they really do. They really do. So, you know, we hate them for being good, but we also hate them because they're straight up the worst team in the league. And can sometimes be very unsportsmanlike, and that was the other thing I wanted to mention that I basically was mentioning with the whole uh, Dom Samuel Gianni DeSantos incident. Like that just rubbed me really the wrong way. Yeah, because at the end of the day, I mean, these players are all playing on opposite teams or playing against each other, but they're still athletes and like colleagues. So I don't understand yeah. why you would want someone to get hurt. I guess, and I don't. I'm not saying like he wanted him to get hurt, but I'm saying like why you wouldn't yeah. do your best to try and help that person or even just check in on them to make sure that they were okay after a or just like acknowledge that. and check in you know instead of high-fiving your your bro like ugh, ugh. Yeah. it's like no, peak chad vibes yeah peak chad stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, now that Johnny and I now that we've gone off on how much we hate Forge, let's talk about stand up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, here's the thing, um, especially with that second half, like I thought just about everyone on the team was very good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I thought just about everyone was quite good. Everyone put in a good shift. Um, even the, you know, the subs that came on, they really sort of wanted to change the game. Like, like I said, we had three big chances. We had eight shots on target. Like the second half was probably after, after a sort of sleepy half after a sleepy game last week, that Mm. second half, we played probably one of the best halves that we've played all season. Um, yeah, I just wish I could like men in black mind erase the first half (laughs) (laughs) having watched it two, two times. I watched it the day after the game and then I watched Mm. it again today. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, it was not pretty first half, but yes, the second half, I do think that everyone was kind of clicking a little bit better in the second half, mm-hmm. um, which is, yeah. which is how we saw some of these players really come out of their shell. Cause you're right. I don't think anyone had a particularly awful game. Um, but I think some players mm-hmm. played decently in both halves and that's kind of how they ended up on the standouts list for me this week. Yeah. So go for it. Who's your standouts? Uh, <laughs> I mean, off the top, I gotta say Diego Espeo had a killer game this week. Like. Yeah. I loved watching yep. him Always. play against Forge this week. Um, mind blowing, most mind blowing stat for me for Diego this week: forty nine passes with ninety two percent accuracy. He had thirteen percent of all of our team's passes for the entire game and only misplaced mm-hmm. four of them. That's incredible. That's an incredible That's thing to do as a CB. Yeah. Yeah, um, and further to that, five yeah. percent and also long having balls, five out of seven accurate long balls. <laughs> like, that's, yeah, that's wild, exactly. man. Yeah. 
Two interceptions, two recoveries, yeah. and get this, he won every ground duel and aerial duel that he was involved in for the entire game. Incredible stuff. Incredible so, stuff. Diego. Thing yes. is, I'm just worried he's got, he got his third yellow of the season. He got his he third did, yellow yeah. season. Um, for yelling at the <laughs> at the, uh, the the lino for not calling a, a clear offside when it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, understandable because, I mean, you know, when the guy is like an entire two or three person length offside, put the flag up. Someone could get hurt on this play. And if someone gets hurt on a play that shouldn't have even happened anyways, then, you know, you get really upset about that type of stuff. So he got the yellow and I just want him to keep his nose clean for a few days because we clearly cannot lose this guy in our lineup. (laughs) God. Um, But in his defense, in this case, I also think that um, and this is the only thing I'll say about officiating this week. I think that the referees out there are, they have paper skin and can't take a little bit of, of a beaking from a player. I understand that you're not there to take abuse from players, but at the same time, if yeah. a guy beaks off of you a little bit because you missed an obvious call, I don't know, maybe do some self-reflection yeah. or something and be like, Ugh, yeah, you know what? I well, screwed up. It. I'll do better next time. <laughs> Instead of just being like, yeah. oh, yeah, I mean, we all, watch, we all watch higher level. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, we all, we all watch higher level European leagues. And I mean, every single game that happens, you miss a clear offside, you're going to get a defender, you know, beak off at you a little bit because you should have gotten it. And, and could you imagine if normal. they just started handing out the yellow cards like we do in this league and like the EPL or the Bundesliga? Well, that's just it. <laughs> it would be we've, always talk, we've always <laughs> talked about this. We've always talked about how stuff is carded here that no one would even sh- uh, shake their head at over in the other side of the ocean. That's why, you know, we get a bajillion cards every game. It's it's ridiculous. Like we need a recalibration here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, there's, you know, again, I think there's there's going to be some changes once VAR or VAR light comes in, which will be nice mm. at some point. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so hopefully we see some improvement. Um, cause I know the players are starting to, to kind of see it too. Um, for those of you who didn't see the Escalante tweet that went out where he basically was like yeah. shitting on a referee and it was like fines incoming. <laughs> it yeah. was deleted like as Absolutely. fast as it was posted. So, so yeah, so I think the players are starting yeah. to, to get just as frustrated well, as we are as fans. Yeah. For sure. Was yeah. that AM? So I actually did not watch that game. So what was what was what was he complaining about? Something, something uh, about an offside it, that it was wasn't an, called was, or was yeah, called? Yeah, it was another kind of semi blatant offside. I didn't I didn't watch the replay, but yeah. I, all I saw was he yeah. tweeted it, and then it got retweeted a bunch of times, and then it got posted in the group chat, <laughs> and then you clicked on it. It was like this tweet has been deleted. I'm like, oh, shocker. Yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah. So, but it wasn't you know it wasn't fast enough to miss the the old CCSG CCSG found found it before it got deleted. No, so it's screen so no. screenshot for the screen in the group chat. <laughs> it's on the internet forever. Fastest print screen in the West. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, but. Uh, um, so yeah. Espeo. I want to start, yeah. I want to talk about how at halftime he, him switching Espeo and Luke Singh was an interesting uh, interesting decision. And yes. I feel like this might have contributed to his pack accuracy, pass accuracy because he was playing a bit of a different game. Yep. I like this a lot because as we talk about Luke Singh, he's obviously a great player but he has too many mistakes in him to really sort of probably move up to a way better level. Like this might be his level and mm-hmm. I feel like it's easier to cover for your mistakes when you're playing in the middle of a back three than when you're off on the on the side because you have too much ground to cover when you're playing on the left or right in a back three. Um, mistakes get punished more um, because then someone else has to bail your ass out. Whereas if you're in the middle, you're basically the guy that's just heading balls out and, and you know, pinging, pinging long balls. So it was more on Diego taking up more responsibility on the side to, and then, you know, winning all the ground duels and the air duels at the same time, winning most of his tackles. 
that allowed him to probably lay the ball off to sing more often or the keeper and for someone else to try long balls as well. So I thought it was a really good change. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I too was a little bit kind of, I don't want to say worried, but kind of worried. I was like, Oh God, what's going on here? Um, but yeah, I think that it worked out. I think the stats speak for themselves. I think Diego had just an incredible game in both, in both slots. So Mm -hmm. really now we've just kind of got to keep working to unlock what the best formation in the back line is right now. Um, obviously we still need a six that still happens and we'll talk about Miguel later. Um, but yeah, I Mm -hmm. I think that it was an interesting switch and I think it was an effective switch in this case. Um, but I do think it's a switch that could have gone either way that really could have imploded as well. So it was a bit of a gamble uh, yeah. and it was a gamble that yeah, paid no. off for cargo this week. And we would have blamed it on that. Yep. <laughs> yeah. We'd be like, these guys, man, why would you change that? Dumb. Meanwhile, now we're like, I mean, that's kind that of interesting. So stupid. God, what did... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You got, you, you got, you love it. You love it. It's good. Um, so yeah, so Diego's up there for sure. Um, started from the bottom. Now he's back here. John Aniel Assey. He was on my shit list a couple weeks in a row and man, what a match Mm -hmm. he had this week. Speed footwork, unbelievable. And yeah, I talked about it a bit earlier that like 360 spin move that he just like spun out Becker and Poku and then deked out Oalabi below Belu. Um and still got a shot off. I was like, yeah. bro, like, where is this? Where did this kid yeah. come from? Where, where is, where was that all the time? Um, and then Miguel, and then Miguel yeah. picked up yeah. the rebound and almost scored again. So yeah, it was, it was incredible. Um, I think yeah. Asi had a great game. Seventy four percent accuracy on passes, two for three on tackles, six for eight on ground duels, three, two successful dribbles, and three recoveries. See, this is what I love to see. Yep. This it's the it's the six for eight on ground duels and the two three tackles one. It's things like this because when 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 he has a bad game, we blame and I was going off on this, blame it on you know losing possession way too easily, mm-hmm. being a little too weak and getting taken advantage of and pushed around too easily. But he was he was beating he was beating the man and he was yep. also beating him physically at times. It was it was amazing to see. Um, there's sometimes he got in and, you know, the, the cross was maybe not completely accurate or yeah. maybe he should have taken a shot where he went around instead. But I mean, f- yeah, no, he, he would be on my highlights list. It was <laughs> it was like a classic assy game about, you know, all the good things shining and none of the bad things really uh, outshining it. Yeah, I feel like I feel like before this game, he just had a supercut of Johnny on the podcast, just being like, "He always loses the ball. Yeah, he needs to be stronger on the ball." And he's just like lifting yeah. weights angrily. <laughs> he's got the meek male on the headphones. Yeah. Just lifting. The <laughs> I'm gonna show him. I'm gonna show him this week. Yeah, well, he did. Yeah, yeah no, Assy. Yeah, he had a, he had a great game. Assy did. Um, yeah. And then uh, I would say lastly, but certainly not least for me, is uh, our Lord and Savior, St. Miguel. Well, I mean, while I don't think yep. any of us see him agree. as a true six, um, I think he had, I think he probably mm-hmm. had his best effort in the six so far this season, this game. Um, mm-hmm. He seemed really like a lot more sure of himself, which we haven't seen previously to this. Um, his distribution was good. Yeah. Know, his passes were smart. Uh, three for three on tackles, five interceptions, three recoveries. 82% pass accuracy and he almost scored a goal which was an incredible pos- his positioning on that shot was was perfect right at the top of the 18 and oh, he came yeah. in into that oh, like, yeah. giant into the empty, box late, like, that giant empty yeah. space that was sitting there was uh yeah it's just a great great improvement <clears throat> yeah. for our patron saint this week love to see it um yeah I, I i liked miguel this week um and i'm really hoping that maybe this is the start of something beautiful who knows 
Maybe. I mean, yeah, like running into that, I think they call it Area 14, um, like mm. sort of late to pick up the rebound and just... I thought it, it was a good reflection on the whole team, actually, because there was multiple... I remember in the last game, we were complaining about how anytime someone won the ball up high and they sent in a cross, there was nobody there. And um, and I think that that was really hammered into the team because this mm-hmm. game, whenever someone was sending a cross in, there was like three people there. And yeah. even if it wasn't super accurate, like there was going to be someone there to clean it up and then get a shot in. And like like we said earlier, and we say it again, but I'm surprised we did not score four or five goals because yep. <laughs> because all those chances were there. All those balls yeah. into the box had people at the end of them firing shots in. Miguel could have had like two himself, for God's sakes. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and yeah, no, speaking of uh, should have had more goals, um, I'm going to honorable mention Gianni Dos Santos in this list. All right. Um, he was decent enough for me, but for me, it was like the, the, the speed and the threat that he brought to the high press when we were attacking. Mm-hmm. Um, and yep. he almost had that goal too, that he like burned that defender on that long ball. And I was like, uh, here we go. Yep. This is how we're going to go up. And then he kind of, you know, obviously he's yep. got a bit, he's a bit so far this season, Gianni's been a little bit shaky on his finishes. I think, um, we've seen it yes, a few times absolutely. now. Um, the pieces are all there. It's just, they're like not in the right order. And I just, I want to see the finished product at some point this season. And I know we will, because I do think he's slowly progressing to where we want him to be. He's just not there yet. Um, But Mm -hmm. yes, I do think he had a pretty decent game. And I love seeing how how fast he is compared to a lot of the defenders in this league. Like, ugh, ugh, so good. Yeah, well, he's like tricky. And that's a big thing, Mm -hmm. right? Like he can be, he looks like he's a friggin' pain to defend against. Yes, 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 he does. (laughs) Very much so. Um, if I was going to throw, I want to throw an honorable mention because I kind of want to mention, I know we only played 20 minutes and I always talk about this guy, but so, so, so Zach Verhoeven did this, this move. You probably know exactly which one I'm talking about. Oh, where yes. He's approaching the, he's approaching the box and then he knocks it to the right side of the defender and then runs around him on the left and then goes yeah. and picks it up on the other side. <laughs> it's like, that is the most like chaos Zach Verhoeven thing that I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it's a, and it's such a like heinous move to do yeah. against somebody. Oh, <laughs> like, so disrespectful! It's just like, bro, you didn't need to do him like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but these are forged defenders, so yes, you did. No, it was great, and it was. I mean, it's it's the what Bobby did by bringing Schwanier on at the end with fresh legs to just absolutely you know run rampant our backline. That's the and same thing that us. we do with Verhoeven, yeah. right? It's just. Um, just ha- and it is obvious that one of them scored so <laughs> because that's that's the function right especially a hot old day like that oh my god i think it was like 27 degrees and then yeah, it was, it was once your pitch height it's like about five or ten more and you could tell the entire pitch was was sluggish at the end everyone was slow and it led to our sort of lapse in concentration right at the end when you get someone like david schwanier off the bench with like 30 minutes to go he is going to absolutely punish you and just like zach was punishing them yeah with that being said though Schwanier is a wish brand, Zach Verhoeven, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I'm just, I know I mention this all the time, but I'm just, I'm just pissed that he's like still here. Bro, it's year five, like go away. <laughs> <laughs> We're sorry you're not as good as your brother, all right? <laughs> your brother who I watched beat you earlier in the week. <laughs> <laughs> I was at the game when they uh, when Montreal beat Forge 2-0 in the Canadian Championship, and I did hate watch every single second of it. That's <laughs> <laughs> so my favorite part about the Can Champs is like even if ATO gets knocked out, you're just like rubbing your finger your hands together, you're like, Yes, Montreal's coming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I will enjoy 
enjoy this still, regardless. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So no, I agree. That's uh, that's good. Um, disappointments you got any this yeah. week? I, I don't think I'd have any more. Yeah, go for it. Tiso this week. Um, not a yeah. great game for him. Um, and it really, I think, hurt us in the center of the pitch because he was in the middle, kind of working with Ollie Bassett this game. Um, and when you're filling that type of role, you can't put up defensive stats like he did on Saturday. Uh, one, <clears throat> one for four on accurate long balls, two for six on ground duels, sub 80% on passing. Like, I just, I don't think he was fully engaged with the position that he was playing on, on the weekend. Um, and it really kind of hurt us, a weird especially one. in the first half. Yeah. It was a bit of a, it was a bit of a ghost performance, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of surprised that, um, uh, that we didn't bring, oh, he wasn't even on the bench. That's why. Is Sacco hurt? I, I think so. He must be. Yeah. I feel like he would have made an appearance at some point if, uh, yeah. if he wasn't, but he wasn't even on the bench. But even with Zach Waugh on the bench, like, I was kind of weird that he just, he just left Max out there for the whole game because it was clear that he wasn't going to be very effective, especially yeah. once we started picking it up near the end. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, because, yeah, yeah, on the bench we had options. You had, yeah, Zach Waugh. I mean, you could have even probably maybe slotted Noah Verhoeven in there. I think he came on for four minutes right at the end of the game. But yeah, either way, it was kind of a, just a, just a wishy-washy game for Max, which I'm not saying yeah. is, is indicative this season of, of, cause so far this season he's been fairly consistent. Um, I'm hoping it's just a blip yeah. and not a return to hot and cold Max Tiso from last season. So he, he's on there. Um, speaking of a, a bit of, bit of ghosts this week, Malcolm Shaw has got to be up here. Yeah. Um, Very much not, not the best. Um, and I, again, I don't think it has anything to do with skill or fitness or anything like that. I just think that 86 minutes played and 18 touches, <laughs> including being dispossessed once, dribbled past once, and zero for six on ground duels with four committed fouls. <laughs> like, not good. Oh, man. <laughs> and, and it sucks because I, we've all seen what Malcolm Shaw can get out there and do. I just don't think he had a, a particularly mm-hmm. stellar game. Um, at, that being said, caveat, I think I still personally prefer him overall to Sam Salter right now. It's just still very frustrating to watch mm-hmm. either of those men play in the in the high high striker role right now as as it stands for me. Yeah. Well, we don't have anyone we clearly don't have anyone up top in the middle who can receive the ball and hold up yeah. and deal with pressure and deal yep. with press, right? Like they'll they'll get it and then they'll lose it and then that's what Malcolm did. You know, like you said 0 to 6 ground duels one like Jesus Christ. Yep. Yep. So, um, so he's on there. And then lastly, I would probably put Carl. We met for my last okay. pick. Um, yeah. I, I just, I don't think he handled the attacking pressure that well at all for most of the game. Yeah. Um, and especially when you're a big guy and you're as experienced as Carl is like one for three on tackles, dribbled past three times and four for 10 on ground duels. Like that's yeah. to me as a, as a right back, that's yeah. a serious problem. Um, and there was just like a series of errors. And also he had a part of a role to play. I know those of you that were on Twitter, you saw kind of Ollie Bassett take personal responsibility for, for falling off his man, which was Schwanier, who ended up scoring the goal. But I also think yeah. that Carl Wee Matt mm-hmm. was a bit out, out of position too. He was super hugged on the post um, when Schwanier kind of did that little chippy flip over top of him and so i don't i don't think that was the best place for him to be either um so so yeah just just i don't think carl had a great game um again i don't think anyone had like the worst game of their careers i just think that there was a few people that just didn't really have the best either (laughs) 
Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Obviously, Ollie took uh, um, credit for that mistake. But, I mean, you're right. It's, it's the guy playing left wing, and you're, like, the right-sided center back slash right back, depending on what phase of play we're in. Like, he's the one that you should be following, you know, until you can't run anymore to, to, to try and close out this game. And instead of being caught back at the near post, it was, no, it was a bit, uh, it was a bit of a yeah, strange thing. Yeah, it was just, a, I think, a bit of a lapse in judgment. Because yeah. the choice was either press and jockey Schwanier out or stay on the post so that he can't really try and slide a low, sh- low shot in. And he just mm-hmm. made the wrong call on that, in my opinion. Well, especially after when the shot came in, like he, he hugged even closer to the post, which in turn actually made him just move out of the way of the trajectory of the ball. Yeah, so even more so. Yeah. A, a comedy of errors. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, though, 36 out, of 36, year, 36 out of 36 accurate passes, 100%, and uh, yep. 100% accurate long balls as well, two out of two. So, I yeah, mean. And I'm, again, I'm not saying it was the worst performance of his life. I just yeah. think that it wasn't particularly good, in my opinion. So, yeah. he can be my hot shown, opinion this week. He's shown us, and we mentioned this earlier too, that he's all even. He's always going to put in like you know at least a six or seven out of ten performance. It's never going to be like a stinker, stinker. Like even if yeah. there's going to some weaknesses in the game, there's still going to be other you know above average parts of the game. So it's always going to be somewhat serviceable, regardless. I suppose. Yeah, you got to put good it. with the bad. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, I guess if we're going to talk about areas of improvement, I would basically just say play this every half like you did the second half. I mean, it was yeah, also man. just great football as well. Like it was great to watch. And oh, that's so part of the exciting. reason, that's part of the so reason exciting. why, why this team can be frustrating to watch. Cause yeah, we've been losing a lot this season, but we've also just been playing garbage football. So when we play yeah. really great football like that, it's just nicer to watch. We're not used to it being Ottawa fans, right? No, we're not. And, and I just wish that that's how we would come out of the, come out of the stables and and play right off the first whistle but instead you know i i I sit sometimes watching my tv like i want to take a cheese grater to my eyes when i watch ato play in the first half (laughs) because i watch forge just have literal miles of room to maneuver and there's zero pressure and i and i and i get that we're a defensive team and we're a team that plays a low block and then a breakout and i get that Mm -hmm. But just because that's our MO to me doesn't mean we should just like give up all pressure on their offense and just let them do whatever they want with it. Because at the end of the day, you're just going to make an already difficult strategy more difficult <laughs> when you're just giving them that much room to, yeah. to operate. Um, and I saw it like the entire first half. Yeah. I, 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 I just was yeah, doing exactly what I'm doing now right now, Johnny, where I'm just like rubbing my forehead being like, what? is happening on the pitch right now where where is our, where are our players while these guys are just like passing back and forth and, and lining up the perfect shot or cross so well that's just it and and especially in the first half there was that uh kyle becker long shot and uh mm-hmm. they you know the announcers mentioned it as well and you know that very well could have gone in you know it's becker mm-hmm. he can score him from out there um regardless of how far out he is and then yeah i think it was that jenkins he was like man like why did they give him that much space to line up and basically be able to perfectly pick your spot and fire it in yeah yeah so i'm, giving, I'm glad that i'm glad that we switched it up in the second half like obviously yeah, obviously it was like, okay, we're not going to be able to get a result here um, playing purely defensively. Um, we're going to have to go attack over defense and hope we could just outscore them. And, you know, like we said, if it wasn't for Tristan Henry, we totally would have been able to. I do want to yep. say as well, um, as far as areas of improvement, 
I know we talk about this all the time, but it's our our set piece defending is starting to become even more problematic. Um, every how, Johnny? Single, how is it more problematic than it normally is? Every single time they had a corner or a free mm. kick, you know? It corners, was, especially this game. Corners this game. It was yeah. inches away from going in the net. Every single time. Every single time they got a corner, I was like, we're going to concede off of this. Every, it, it always gets inches and cleared off the line. And I mean, it's funny because it was the same the other way around. Remember when Ollie had like three set pieces in a row? He almost scored off the free kick and then he almost scored off the corner right afterwards. Yeah, he almost got an Olympic. <laughs> yeah, another one. That would have been sick. <laughs> Crazy day for set pieces. Not a good yeah. day for set piece defending. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Definitely not. Yeah. So, uh, Johnny, moment of the match. What's yours? Um, I would say if, if, if Henry had not saved that Ollie Bassett free kick, um, with his fingertips, that would have been a goal of the season contender already. It would have literally snuck in just under the bar. It was yeah. probably the best free kick I've ever seen him take. And then, yeah. and then with the corner right afterwards, that also, if it wasn't for a t- fingertip save, would have went in just under the bar. He was on a warpath. So that yeah. sort of like quick one-two I thought was like really, really exciting. Kind of yeah. emblematic, emblematic of, Jesus, of um, the second half and how like we were just sort of creating and creating from from every opportunity yeah yeah i would agree with that um yeah that's i mean that's a good that's a good point i, I did like all this this game i mean i don't yeah. think it was his best performance but i do think his set pieces were just oh so good yeah so yep. good and we, we know how much all and we know how much ollie loves dunking on forge historically so this is true this is true <laughs> yeah um for me it was probably that assy play that was probably my favorite play of the whole game um mm-hmm yeah, to to me it was the, like the second half was just a reminder of how ATO can play when they're firing on all cylinders. We saw it in the five nothing yeah. against VFC, and then we saw it again in the second forty five minutes of this match. Like the whole second half, mm-hmm. I was just like on the edge of my seat, being like, "Yes, yes, it's coming, it's coming." And yes, the end result was the end result, and it was a little bit disappointing, I think, for everybody. But it was so like it was there. I was like that to me is even if we can play like that and and even if we lose a match like that like I'm not disappointed in this case I'm more disappointed in the fact that we just played like ass for the first half and then played amazing in the second half and I'm like could you imagine if we had played like that in both halves we would have won this game easy we would have won this game the annoying thing is is that barring the Vancouver game which I'll talk about this later we're probably I'm, I'm going to treat it as a basically an outlier right now because it is mm-hmm. um, barring mm-hmm. the Vancouver game our probably our two best performances have been against Forge it's Forge yeah which are That's not an easy point. team to beat you know what I mean so and, and obviously one of them they ended up knocking us out of the cup with on pens and then the other one was this one where they narrowly beat us right at the end like have these types of performances against the Cavalries of the league against the Yorks of the league That'll actually put you over the edge instead of putting having these performances against the best team in the league. And it's these kind of things can be frustrating because we're not winning games that we quote unquote don't deserve to win. And we're not get, winning games that we quote unquote do deserve to win either. Yeah. And last season we were doing both of those things. You know, we, we'd nick a cheeky win off a game where we trailed every single stat and might have been lucky to come out with, with the win at the end. And we also had games where we definitely deserve to win, and we did. Whereas if you're not able to do either of those things, and it's, it's that extra little bit of, of personality, that extra little bit of, of, of wisdom, that extra little bit of experience that's not helping you like cross the finish line and grind yeah. results out when you need to get them. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. It's, it's a consistency issue. It's an experience issue. And we've been talking about, especially the experience and consistency issue, like this, this whole season so far, we're, we're an extremely young team now compared to last year. Um, yeah. And mentally, we're not there. You know, mentally, identity-wise, we're absolutely not where we were last year. And we're seeing, no. we're seeing the consequences of that. With games like this and with games like the Cavalry game, like basically both sides of the spectrum of why our current crop, our current vibes, our current identity is just not where it was last year. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, it's frustrating to watch. I think right now, especially as fans, because we, I don't think any of us were expecting to be, you know, a lot of us jokingly or, or I mean, maybe some people not jokingly were expecting us. I mean, the hype train was there. Like for all of us, we were like, yeah, we're going to be top of the league again because we were top of the league last time. And yeah. like now we have Carlos who's like decided all the players he wants. The team's different and better. Um, and it's frustrating to then look back and we're mm-hmm. like, how many games in right now? Five games, I think. Seven. Yeah, seven. Seven, seven games, games in. We're bottom of the league with five points. We have one, two, yep. and four <clears throat> with a negative two GD. So it's, it's 2021 good. numbers. Yeah, so unless we do something drastic soon, I am going to just be sad for the rest of the summer. And <laughs> you know what? I don't want to be sad for the rest of the summer. Yeah, yeah. So if you it's, could just do I, meant, I mentioned cards. earlier the the identity thing, and and I, I think a lot of people are frustrated with this as well because I don't know who this team is this year. You know, we play differently every game. We play differently every half. Somehow, like what is the what is the game plan? We're throwing yeah. spaghetti at a wall, seeing what sticks. But, but like sometimes, you know, I hate to use the cliche, but trust the process is a real thing. And obviously we, we had to change the process. But I mean, when you're ch- the process, when it's changing every 45 minutes, you know, you're not really showing a fan base, a clear identity that they can get behind. Like, I don't know who this yeah. team is this year. Yeah, you're, we're, we're, acting, we're acting like a bunch of, bunch of Chelsea's out there, you know, changing coaches every three months. I, <laughs> and I, I like strategy. Yeah, I liked half two of game seven. We should pick like, half should, two again, of game should, seven as a basis. To, but I guess yeah. that's, the, that's the hardest part about the way we're playing right now is you shouldn't yeah. have to say that. You shouldn't have to be like, I liked the last 30 minutes of this one game. I, like, mm-hmm. I want to be like, I liked generally the first four games of the season or whatever. Like, like I want yeah. a, an actual like tangible amount of data. And right now it's just like, I liked this tiny sliver of the way that we play. And I hate that. I hate that right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would love to see that type of play, that type of philosophy, that type of performance. I'd like to see it for the next 14 halves for the next seven games, you know, and then regardless of where we are, at least we're, we're doing something that we can get behind that. That is, that is noticeable. Yep. That is an identity. No, I think that's completely fair. Ooh, this is a bitchy episode, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. It's yeah. You can tell it's my last week before I go on vacation. I'm just I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm so salty right now. <laughs> yeah. So salty. Yeah. On that note, you've heard enough from us. Now it's time to hear from you. CCSG mailbag mailbag time mailbag it's the mailbag everyone it's the time of the podcast where we get to take all of your amazing questions and your comments and and whatever some of these questions whatever some of the stuff that you guys wrote this week you know we put in a big bag we read it out we talk about it you guys get our amazing opinions um and then we get to hear about it the next day in the chat group about how you think we're a bunch of idiots 
So uh, it's the best part of being CCHG <laughs> is you get to contribute to the mailbag. Uh, it's a part of the podcast that is just for you guys out there, the membership of this illustrious organization. <clears throat> so just with that you. being the first said. first question I think is perfect. Oh, God. <laughs> I just read it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go ahead how do you like hardly read these until like we get the notes <laughs> i don't I, I try not to august it's what well, is the element of surprise is always very good um august 17th 2022 when will this pain end <laughs> august 17th 2022 <laughs> as everyone knows is the last time we won a game at home <laughs> <laughs> i love how it's like you're like as everyone knows like it's like <laughs> <laughs> like it's just common knowledge now oh yeah, uh, yeah. it's i uh, i i thought this was it man i'm not gonna lie i thought it, i thought this was it um yeah. again I, I tried not to to i mean i was gonna watch the game but i had uh, some some work stuff that night so um i ended up watching it like a little bit later and and i was the entire time i was watching i was like oh mm-hmm. my god like i mean not in the first half the first half i was like we barely made it in you mm-hmm. know we we yeah. we barely we barely made it you know and uh you know and then and then the second and then watching the second half i was like oh this is gonna be our game this is gonna be our game and then to the dagger yeah. the dagger at the we end i was just like oh oh they're just like pro- <laughs> it's just like prolonging our suffering like when will the suffering stop <laughs> mm-hmm. i don't know i don't know mm-hmm. i'm hoping i'm hoping no i do know i'm hoping it's this upcoming match against Wanderers at home, I'm hoping that that could be it. This could be it. This is our chance. And good God, I hope. I just and we need to we need to break the curse, man. We got to break the curse. The curse is real, and it sucks a lot for us. Yep, another home yeah. loss, another uh, home shutout. Um, if we take out, as I said, if I'm talk, if we're going to talk about the Vancouver game as a as an outlier, that will mean, and I'm going to because it is. Um, that will mean this season, this for in the league, we will have played six games, we'll have won zero, we'll have drawn two, and we'll have lost four whilst scoring three goals and conceding ten. How, how could, how, how, why would you do us like that, Johnny? Without, without the 5 0 game against a brand new club that was playing an 18, it's a 19 year old striker at center back, um, we have three goals scored and 10 goals conceded. And yep. at home, we scored two of those. I mean, that's that's something, right? If you take <laughs> the, the three goals that are left, two of them were at home. There you go. <laughs> Our home record like, this season. I'm just season, like trying to find a way not to like yeah, yeah. make it stop. Home record this season. Stop. One one draw, three losses, two goals scored, four, five, six, seven goals conceded. That's our home record this season. Mm, don't like that. Don't like it. No, don't like yeah, it. So and you're right. If things don't pick up against soon. Halifax this weekend, if we don't get a result against Halifax this weekend, we I mean, Forges, you can always forgive it. You can always forgive it because it's Forge, right? And we, we fought till the end and then we got hit by a late dagger. If we don't, if we don't pick this up against Halifax this weekend, um, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm not liable for what I say on this show next weekend. You know, <laughs> next week it'll be extra explicit. I'm not liable for what <laughs> I say about the coach. I'm not liable for what I say about management. I'm not liable for what I say about the players. You know, it's. I it's feel like t- as, as much as there are, are, are fans out there that are listening, hoping that we win this week, I feel like there's probably an equal number of fans that are like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
just unleash Johnny on the pod sphere next week. Yeah. And I mean, I'm privileged <laughs> in that I only go to games every now and then because I don't even live there. But there's people that, you know, obviously everyone loves the good time, but there's people mm-hmm. that have gone there and watched us lose every, you know, couple of weeks for the past three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And past I, three I, games. I, I, I am really they, they don't deserve that. that. Yeah, and I'm hoping we really turn out against Halifax this week because uh, one of the guys I worked with here, um, big Montreal fan, uh, Frank, he's moving back to well, he's moving back to Canada, moving moving back to Ottawa, and I was like, you got to come out and check out the team. He's like, oh, like I don't know, we had a team, so I, I sent him my tickets to the Halifax mm-hmm. game. Um, <clears throat> so I'm, he's gonna be out there in the dub. So if you see him out there, definitely like say hello. But but also for the club, please. He's a new fan, and I don't want to turn him off of our team immediately um no one tell him our home record no one mention anything about that he, yeah. he's probably not listening so no. please don't tell him anything about that just tell him we're the best team <laughs> in the league we won last year we're the best um yeah. and yeah so there you go halifax we gotta we gotta beat him we gotta we gotta smash don't him. start with um, any bad vibes <laughs> yeah <laughs> please don't so with, with, um, with a strong performance with a with strong performance that ends in a loss what do we take away from it as a team uh I think we take away the the positives in the second half. I, I think that we can't yeah. diminish the fact that the team came out and played their game. Am I disappointed in the fact that it was a strong performance? And I guess that to me that's a strong with an asterisk because it was a strong 45 minutes. I wouldn't say the first half was anything particularly yeah. good. Um and then it yeah. ends in a loss. We just got unlucky, and that happens sometimes in football. Like you know, you get some kind mm-hmm. of goal that happens deep in injury time. Um, and it just, you know, it stings a little more, I think, sometimes than a than a than a hard fought match that you at least pull a draw out of. Um, so to me, I would mm-hmm. take away the the lessons that we learned in in the way we played in the second half. Um and, and being a little bit more mm-hmm. aggressive, playing a little bit higher than we normally play, I think really paid off for us. Um, moving a couple mm-hmm. players around, I think, played yeah. off for us. So I think that's the kind of stuff that we have to take out. Just a little bibs and bobs, and then use that to build something a little bit better going into the Halifax game next week. Using that as an identity shift could be very yes. important. Yeah. 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 So um, do that. Uh, all right. Uh, I guess my mailbag question is this. How much of the win was due to the quite likely offside goal, and how much of it was due to us not burying our chances to save our lives and cargo's woefully predict who wrote woefully predictable tactics. <laughs> as soon as he made subs, Smirniotis knew exactly which subs to make to counteract our efforts. <clears throat> Jeez, um, coming for blood. First here. of all, at, at the time of at the yeah, oh for blood for sure. At the time mm-hmm. of the goal, I didn't think it was offside. Um, I saw the replays, and I don't know it's, if it is. It's yeah, it's, it's not offside up. enough it's for me. Up. I don't care. Yeah, didn't care. Yeah, I think it was a bit of a toss-up. Um, it's whatever. Um, there was, there was, you know, there's bigger problems with that goal than whether it was offside or not. So I'm not too, uh, I'm not too hurt about that. And you know, this is coming from a ple- people that you know bitch about the referees every single week. I thought. So, that Johnny, was what you're saying is Diego Espeo should go on Twitter and bitch about <laughs> the fact that it was offside. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, not burying our chances to save our lives. Yes, and you know that was because of coming against uh, a world class keeper performance. Um, I wouldn't say the Cargo's wolf product- tactics were woefully predictable. So not in the second half, anyways. I think we took the game to them in a way that we should have, and a way that they probably weren't expecting. They were probably expecting that first half. 
and not the second one, which is why we got so many shots on target and had a lot yeah. of space that we shouldn't have had a lot of the time because we sort of caught them by surprise. Um, as far as as soon as he made the subs, Mariotis knew exactly which subs to make to counter off our effort, counteract our efforts. This is when we have to start talking about the, the, the wide gulf in squad depth that Forge has over every other club in the league. They were able to bring For on... For reasons that are totally not related to salary cap they were anything of the sort. They were able to bring on Tristan Borges, David Schwanier, Abubakar Sizoko, <laughs> and Ashton Morgan. Ashton Morgan, yeah. Off of the bench. So there's only so much you can do against that, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, I think that's part of the... the I don't say... Pro, I guess I... You know what? I'm going to say it. I think that's part of the problem of the league is that, you know, we've got this team that has not necessarily, they haven't necessarily built the team in that they haven't built the skill up. I think they've just used money to buy really good players. And it's frustrating because you see it in leagues in Europe sometimes. Um, I mean, look at, look at Bayern Munich, who just won their 11th title in a row. And, you know, when you look at Forge, <laughs> they're sitting on, you know, what, three, three out of four years, they've won the, 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 Canadian playoffs, yep. championship playoffs. So it's, it's frustrating. It's liable we're going to become a farmers league. I mean, we already are I, a farmers I, league for God's sake. We, we, we kind of, we kind of are. Like when a team wins seventy five percent of the time, we are farmers league, and it sucks really because hurt. because I I don't think that it's because Forge has built a particularly strong club identity and club structure. I think it's just they throw money at problems and buy really good players. And so then, then therefore, they can have guys like Tristan Borges and Davin Chouanier and Abubakar Soko sitting on their bench. Whereas, like, for us, those would be I mean, for God's sake, starters. They're bringing players off the bench that have, like, 140 MLS appearances. Like, this is the, yes. these, these are the players they're bringing off the bench. You know, they've managed to keep Kyle Becker, who was an MLS career player, who is currently has been in his prime, they've managed to keep him for a fifth year. Yeah. Other CPL and, teams cannot compete with this. And I mean, I'm not, I'm <sighs> not going to like, <clears throat> I'm not going to sit here and pretend that Bobby Smirniotis isn't the best coach this league has ever seen. I mean, here's a guy that left Canada at like 24 to go intern at Olympiacos and basically learn how to develop young players. Came back here, paid his dues, founded the Sigma Academy, which has produced, you know, half a dozen Canadian national men's teams players at least. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. here is one, one of the brightest I mean, young there were football there minds. Were that he, there was whispers that he was going to take over at Montreal. Oh, there has been for like the past two, three years. And you know so, what? I wish he would because I wish he would leave. Yeah, yeah I agree. <laughs> but then, That's but really then, our only then Johnny. But then, Johnny, you would have to cheer. We, you and I would have to cheer for Bobby Smirniotis. At Mon- not, yeah, Montreal. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not That'd I, be I a hard like one. That. I don't. I don't like that. He should. He should become the TFC coach. Yeah, I was gonna say he should go to Toronto <laughs> so that we could just hate him twice as much. Anyway. <laughs> uh, I, I love any Forge fan is probably loving every second of this because this is very salty. But whatever, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Here's a. I'm just, I'm just gonna keep lobbing these at you. Um, Asti has seemed to develop an issue of not finishing his runs at times, something fans will be familiar with from previous attackers. Is this something we should be worried about or primarily a product of age and the team's struggles? Ooh, um, I am not necessarily worried specifically about John Daniel Asti. I think that he has had a few kind of less than stellar performances, but I also mm-hmm. think this one was one of his good performances. 
I honestly think the consistency issue or his inability to be able to finish or or him hesitating on shots, which we saw in the first game, and I think we all hated, yeah. um, is just a product of his age and inexperience. I think that he is slowly learning how to blend into the game properly. Um, he's slowly learning that it is okay yeah. to take shots when you have the opportunity to do so and you have a realistic chance of scoring. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, I, and I think that yeah. he's also learning how to pass off the ball when you don't. So I think that it's more so a product of his age and inexperience. Um, I think there maybe is a bit of a, a shade of the team's struggle as well because the team is struggling really to generate offense in general. Um, so that doesn't help mm. a young, speedy, you know, outside right winger, um, right, you know, wing back play <laughs> in the way that they want to play. Um, so that's a factor. But I yeah. would say the 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 overarching major or like majority opinion in my in my opinion is uh, is the fact that he's just young and inexperienced. And I think that I'm I'm really excited to see him grow in the team. And I think we've seen the 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 start of mm-hmm. something beautiful, but we're just not quite there yet. And I think it'll take a couple seasons for him to find his find his legs. Yeah, no, I'm not worried about him. Um, putting up a no. performance like that against Forge, I mean, it's obviously yeah. a consistency thing and not like a not a quality thing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, let me let me hit you with this one because um, I think there's a few people out there that probably want to talk <clears throat> a little bit about it. Um, what happened with the beer can thrown on the field after the Forge goal, and what happens next to stop it from happening again? Um, we won't keep on this for very long, but basically at CCSG, we have a zero-tolerance policy about throwing uh, projectiles onto the pitch. Uh, we have a code of conduct, and people that sign up for the group agree to follow that code of conduct, um, and it includes that, obviously, uh, and the situation is currently under internal investigation, and yeah. things will happen once those findings uh, come to light. Yeah, and it, uh, I agree, and if you have, uh, if anyone out there has any questions uh, or, or wants to see a little bit more information, they can check any of our socials uh, and read the statement that, that the CCSG has released as well. Yep, absolutely. Uh, moving on, uh, a lot of solid performances, but we still struggle with long balls. What elements can we improve there? Being better at long. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, like better. kind of like it's, 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 it's all, it's always enough. Like long balls are a numbers game, right? Like it's, it's not, it's not a high skill tactic. So it, <laughs> no, it, it's, it, no, it's not. But, but at the same time, I do think that long balls are a, a, a an important part of our strategy that we play because mm-hmm. we play uh, essentially a low block and counter. A lot of times that counter comes off of either a clearance headers, usually out to one of the wings mm-hmm. and then a long ball down that's driven to the corner and then crossed or driven into the center and cut in for a <laughs> shot. Um, mm-hmm. I think yeah. we still struggle with long balls. I mean, we've talked about long ball accuracy stats pretty much all season so far. Um, and I think that it continues to be an issue. I think I would like to see us have our long balls maybe just be less long. Like if we're not able to accurately put long crosses or switching the field or long shots out to the wings, if we're not able to do that, I would like to see us maybe rein it in and do like maybe some mid range chip passes or something similar to that. Because I think that as we progress as a team and as we get better at that, that will come. But right now, a lot of times what we're doing is just dumping the balls out and then just hoping that one of our players gets a foot or a head or a chest on it. And that's not really working. So if that's not working, maybe, I don't know, 
change it up and decide to do it a little bit differently. And maybe don't just boot the ball down the field as far as humanly possible, knowing full well that you might have a 30% chance of getting to it. Yeah, and I mean, in the Cavalry game, that was a problem because we would get the long ball up, and even though Asti would get to it because he's the fastest person on the pitch, um, there would be no one else there, so it would be kind of useless. But I will say, though, in this game, yeah, in this game, we had 28 accurate long balls. That was 55%. Over fifty, just, over fifty percent on on long ball accuracy is, is a success. I would call that in my good. book. Yeah, so I would agree with that. Because like, what was our long ball accuracy in the game before this one? I don't want to look. <laughs> I'm <laughs> Johnny's like, I don't even want to know. <laughs> if I'm gonna guess, it was probably like less than thirty. Uh, you no, thirty seven percent. Okay, so yeah, not the best. Again, yeah. So you're going from 55 to 30 percent, which is in in football is a huge difference for long balls, yeah. massive difference. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, long balls are still an issue. I would like to see us improve it by just doing less of them. If we can, if we can't yeah. guarantee or not guarantee, but if we can't actually put long balls where we want them to be on a regular, consistent basis, we should just do less of them. Mm-hmm. Is my opinion. There on you that. go. That's it. Yeah. Probably for the best. Yeah. Yep. Make better decisions. And then if you take yep. less of them and more of them are accurate, then <laughs> true, be, true. Better. be better. Um, so um, here, so someone basically just mentioned um, uh, they wanted they wanted us to shout out the new uh, new capos that we oh, have. Oh, yeah, and we had two new capos. This, the, we had two new yeah, capos. The, so Billy's been doing it for a while. And we also had Alina. And um, yeah. they have been doing, you know, taking up the mantle. This is not an easy job to do. No, it's um, not. No, so. It's not. Uh, we just wanted to say that, you know, we see you on the TV. We hear you on the TV. Um, we want to say that you both are doing a really great job and, um, we're proud of you for taking up that mantle as well, because it's not, it's not easy. Um, it's a lot of commitment, uh, both with the schedule and also just a physical commitment to be able to do that for a whole, uh, 90 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I think that everyone else in the dub should also recognize that and really get behind, um, these people that are putting themselves up there for this job. You know, if you don't want, if you don't want to sing for 90 minutes for cargo or for Fernando or for the players, because you don't think, uh, on a given week or a given night that they deserve it, you should be singing for the two people up front with the megaphones because they deserve it 100 percent of the time agreed yeah no you know i i don't have anything to add to that mm. i think that's a perfect um you know comment for those two they did a, they did a great job you guys yeah, killed it we got a bunch of beauties yep bunch of beauties um all right uh, let me do this one for you lots of shots fewer dangerous ones how mm. much can we put on our ability to finish versus henry ascending <laughs> <laughs> i know it sounds like a cop-out but i think we can we can comfortably put this one on henry ascending yeah <laughs> like yeah. we said some of those saves were just you know prime yano black like prime Vandersar type stuff like it's prime thibault courtois let me just name all the best mm. keepers it was just <laughs> It was a little unreal to watch. And the funny thing is, is like, okay, like I, we hate Tristan Henry. We all do whatever. That's fine. I respect the hell out of that game that he played because every time the camera went to like his face, when he would do like one of the best, uh, a save of the game contender, like again, the camera would go to his face and he was so calm and so collected and cool. He wasn't yelling about nothing. He was zoned in. Like, I don't know. Like when you reach that level of being zoned in, it's a bit scary. You know what I mean? And it was almost like people noticed it on his team and they didn't even like go and give him props or anything like that because they're just like, just leave him like he's cooking. 
but <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And Tristan's in the kitchen, man. He was let in the him, kitchen. Yeah. So I can, I'm going to go ahead and just put this on, on Henry ascending. That's my pick. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I completely agree with that. I think that Tristan Henry just had one of the best games of his career. Um, I think there was only one time I saw him get frustrated. It was, it was, it was actually the assy, uh, and then, and then Acosta rebound. I know. Cause he, he got pretty frustrated and yelled at his defense. Cause you know, that's what happens when a 19 year old kid dekes out three of your star defenders <laughs> and gets a shot on net. So yeah, yeah I, I, I think just, he just had a great, a great game, just an absolute, absolute stellar game. So yeah. I grudgingly give and you I was on the fence. Henry. I was on the fence about whether that was a frustrated yell or if that was a pumped up. I just made a double save yell. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean <laughs> to me, he looked kind of angry, but yeah, maybe he was just stoked about yeah, it. Who knows? It's possible. Who yeah. knows? Um, this is a good one. How great is it to have quality shots in and around the dub from Phil uh, Lariviere this season? Oh man, the the photos from inside the dub oh, are great. incredible. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It, it was actually. It's actually funny. I was. I was chatting. Uh. Video chatting with my daughter. Um. She was out at the big like, you know, yard sale, whatever thingy that was going on. Um. In oh, the Great Khali garage sale. Yeah. Yeah. So she yeah. was like walking around with her mom during that, and I was talking to her on Facetime, and she was like, "Oh, I saw the poster for for Atlantic for Atletico," and I was like, "Oh, you saw the poster for like one of the you know posters in the Glee or whatever." She's like, "Yeah, there's a game today," and I was like, "Oh, that's cool." Um, and she was like, yeah, I kind of, she's like, I want to go to it. And I was like, well, I mean, I have my ticket if you want to, you know, ask your mom, whatever. So her mom was like, yeah, you know, it's at two o'clock. Mm-hmm. They were, happened to be in the Glebe. So they ended up going to the game. Um, and yeah, and you, Phil got you just go. these awesome shots of my daughter down, you know, shouts out to Megan for, for, uh, for hooking my daughter up. Um, she's down banging the drums at the front of the dub. Uh, and, you know, she's seven and oh, it's that's like, so cool. <laughs> yeah. So she got some really good photos. Um, so that was really neat. And honestly, it was cool, too, because it, I don't it, obviously I can't go to the games because I'm all the way over here in, in Latvia. But it was really mm-hmm. neat because all I heard from from her when I talked to her after the game, is she's like, oh, like I got to see Thomas came and said hi to me and Megan let me play the drum. And and my, my you know, mm-hmm. her mom was like, she was like, oh, like, yeah, everyone was coming up to Ella to say hi to her. And <laughs> so. It just it really like reinvigorated yeah, my love for, so for Capital City and for the dub, um, because, you know, even though I can't be there, you know, when my daughter goes, my seven year old daughter goes to the dub and decides to come to a game, um, all of the all the CCSG folks welcome her with open arms, get her involved, um, get her up <clears> chanting and singing and clapping and drumming. So it was it was just cool. It was cool. Um, and it was really cool to see the photos from Phil. So I'm really glad that he's down in there. To capture mm-hmm. some of those special moments for for the Delvin for CCSG. Well, they are special moments, and I mean, you know, there's going to be some some real big horn, uh, horn tooting here. But um, remember, last season, One Soccer had released uh, this really really great long form article about um, basically the rise of supporters culture in Ottawa rally around ATO. And um, this is like you know you know being going from worst to first. That's a big storyline. Winning the regular season. That's a big storyline. But the the way the fan culture has risen in Ottawa is almost a bigger storyline, and mm-hmm. the, the 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 network recognizes that um, because the the commentators mention it all the time, uh, the articles mention it all the time. Like like I said earlier, we got our own article. Um, it's nice to have it documented with incredible photographs, so yeah. that these sort of memories and this sort of storyline is 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 uh, captured. So we can yeah. look at it 
you know, for years down the line, because like, you know, in years time, uh, all these uh, players will be different. The coach will be different. Like all the stuff will be different, but the fans are forever. So yeah, these are the moments we need to be capturing and, you know, win, loss or draw. It's the, 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 the human connections you make with people at the football is really why we're doing all of this. So yeah, getting, getting the great photos is just, it's a cherry on the top. Glad to have Phil in the dub, and please keep coming. Keep taking those shots. It's awesome, awesome, awesome stuff. Um, <laughs> I will uh, I'll, I'll close out the mailbag with this question. Um, first of all, uh, a hearty, our hearty fuck you to whoever wrote this. But uh, <laughs> Johnny, <laughs> next week yeah. is 90s night. How old do you guys feel right now, knowing that Diego and Assy both have no memories of the 1990s? Because neither of them were born until after 2002. Wow. Oh, my God. First of all, that is rude. <laughs> that is rude. After 2002. They weren't even born when Eminem's first two albums came out. <laughs> Johnny's just continuing They were to only alive right to now. see the Eminem show. <laughs> no, yeah. No, it wasn't even his best early album. <laughs> well, that's just it, right? Like... <laughs> Uh yeah no it's 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 listen okay like I turn I turned thirty three last week not this past weekend but the one before um and you know when I turned thirty I I I kind of took it a lot lighter than most people do I guess which is weird because my whole twenties I took it real hard every year but then I hit thirty and I kind of t- did a complete one eighty and flipped the switch and was like nah I'm just going to embrace being like that old dude. And whatever, <laughs> still me. <laughs> still do, still doing me, man. Still doing dude things. Yeah. My, <laughs> you know what I mean? Thir- my my thirtieth birthday was in West Africa in a war zone, so <laughs> it was it was not very different. Either, so yeah, <laughs> very very different vibes. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, it scares me sometimes when I look at stuff like this, and I'm just like, oh god, because to me. 20 years ago will always be the 1980s <laughs> in my mind. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. 1980 so. was 20 years ago. 1990 was 10 <laughs> years ago. The math is just simpler. <laughs> oh man. What a uh, but it's, good it's, it's, yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, no. The young kids, funny. it's, it's funny. so funny. Like you remember that part in your life when like all of your favorite athletes on your favorite teams, like switched from being really old dudes, way older than you to all of a sudden now they're just all way younger than you. It's a really weird culture shift, isn't it? Bro, we were just like just tooting the horn for Diego Espeo and the kid's 20 years old. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like, this is why this this is why I'm not I don't put sh- names on my on my shirts anymore because it feels weird to put like, you know, 22 year old dudes names on my back. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> it's not normal, but like, you know, I feel weird. But that's where we are now in our that's lives. That's where we are. So. We're coping, coping yeah. pretty hard here. We sure are. Yeah. So with that, I will put away my walker and, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm going <laughs> to go take a nap. But thank you out there for all those questions <laughs> and comments and except for the last one, queries and stuff. So yeah, you're yeah. banned yeah. from the mail. Great job. Just Great job. everyone. <laughs> you're banned dude on Twitter. <laughs> So, um, I was at my father's birthday party during the hot stove, so I did not get to tune into it. Did you tune into it? Did you hear the, listen to the replay of it? I didn't. Yeah, I didn't tune in, but I listened to the replay, and it was go. good as ever. Honestly, I think yeah. it's, 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 it's nice to have so many quality kind of flagship products every week for the club. Oh, great. 
that you can yeah. go on and just listen. And, you know, even if you can't listen live, a lot of times the hot stove is recorded. So you get to go and listen to it after the fact if you want and get some hot takes and really just get the brain juices flowing. It gives you a lot of perspective sometimes. Questions and, and comments get mm-hmm. made that maybe you weren't thinking about. Um, you know, sometimes you get Joey just swooping in with the hottest take on the planet and you're like, yes, <laughs> that's what I wanted to hear so that I can think about it. <laughs> so, there you go. Uh, so it's good. Yeah. I, I love, I love, even if I can't be on the hot stove as far as like tuning in when it's live, I just like being able to listen to it. So to those of you, especially Eddie, who, who yeah. really like makes that, that product happen, it's, it's really good. Yeah. Um, so speaking of, uh, I believe this week's hot stove is actually going to be uh, Jonathan Hopkins, who has been uh, yes. co- who's been yeah. co-hosting them. He's been doing a great job. Um, and this week, I believe it is going to be Thursday night at 7 p.m. Um, the game is on Saturday, but instead of doing the night before, we're going to be doing it on Thursday. So tune into that. Nice. Um, I'll probably definitely, be on definitely. this one. Uh, I'll be listening for sure. Whether I have some hot takes is going to depend on... Uh, <laughs> On how many of these little unibrows Saison Libras I have beforehand. <laughs> ah, <laughs> the pride of Quebec. We will see. <laughs> but uh, yes, so speaking of our next matchup at home against the Wanderers, um, I already kind of went out of rant about that earlier, but what I hope oh and God. expect from if it. We, if, we don't, if we don't smash the Wanderers, first of all, a lot of my friends back on the East Coast are Wanderers fans, and I hate when we lose to them because yeah. I never hear the end of it. Yeah. And second of all, the Wanderers are dookie this season, and if we can't beat the Wanderers, we are in trouble. <laughs> like, in trouble. It's a weird one. I mean, I was checking out their luck, because they, they're just coming off of a 1-1 draw away to Pacific, which, I mean, all things considered is an impressive result, would have been would be for mm. us anyways. Although they're still currently sitting 7th in the table, only one point above us. Um, they're, you know, a huge rebuild team, new coach, new players, and everything like that. Like, they might be in a situation right now where, like, they have good pieces and good ideas, but nothing is is clicking all the time yet. Like, uh, the stats in that Pacific game were pretty nuts. They basically led everything. Um, and, you know, that Lorenzo oh, yeah, that Lorenzo Caligari guy is, like, pretty scary. Um, but I still think it's an opportunity to capitalize. You know what I mean? Uh, it's yeah. it's it's a result that we should be getting, like I said. And if we don't, then like pe- people are going to start calling for heads because it's becoming a little bit ridiculous, especially at home. Yeah, yeah. So yes, hopefully, again, we put out a performance like the second half of this <clears throat> game, and we'll be happy with that. And if you would like to be there to see it, potentially a good game, as usual on our website, click on the little W up on the corner, get some tickets in the dub. Um, I don't know. I think season tickets are probably a donezo. I don't think that uh, they are done. Yeah, yeah, yeah so no more season tickets. But fine. you can still get all kinds of different pa- package yep, passes and for all sure. kinds of good stuff. Um, you, you can get buy the tickets. You can get the flex packs. I, I have a flex pack, which is cool. It's like six games or whatever, and you can go to whichever ones that you're you're able to go to. Yep. Um, or you can bring six people to one game. It's whatever. So That's those true. are really cool. Yeah. So I got one of those. Um, That's true. So go out and buy your tickets in the dub for yes. the Wanderers game. Heck yes. It'll be great. Go say um, hi to my buddy Frank. Say hi to his buddy and make sure he becomes an Ottawa fan and not a Wanderers fan because we don't need yes. any more of those. Um, if you've just started attending, reach out to us for social media. We'll get you involved. We always love getting more people involved. I mean, look at who we had starting Capo in our last uh, last games. You know, they were both both brand new people. So, well, Billy's not brand new, but he's brand new at the Capo thing. Um, speaking of other members of the group with our content we were talking about, obviously we got Patrick Gibson doing the player ratings articles. Those are always banging. Uh, Joe, you know, is doing the month in review articles. 
Uh, Megan Wiper put the first piece of her new Footy 101 series out this week. It was very good. Oh, it was good. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah really, really good. Especially if you're you're not super familiar with a lot of the things that Johnny and I drone on about on yep. this podcast. Definitely yep. check those out. Absolutely. It's a really, really great kind of dipping your toe into the football pool, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, good intro stuff. Um, we got new designs in the shop as usual. There we go. Patty, this, we, just what's one thing you want to say about the Wanderers game? Just win. <laughs> about the Wanderers game? Uh, yeah, just win. The boys got to go out there and, and really actually just win a, win a home game. We got to break the curse a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, it, has, it has to happen. It really does have to happen. For the love of God, please. For God's sakes. Um, For God's sakes. So, and then when it does happen, uh, the city of Ottawa should do like Latvia did when they won the bronze medal uh, at the IHF championship beating the United States. They, on Sunday, <laughs> they declared a national holiday on Monday. So no one had to go to work the following day. <laughs> That's so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so when we beat Halifax. Because they got a bronze. <laughs> well, they, they beat Sweden to get to the bronze medal game and then beat yeah. the United States. Yeah. It, like for perspective, USA Latvia is a country of like 1.7 million people. So <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. So yeah. so yeah, we just gotta go out and smash the Wanderers the same way that the you know that they did this weekend. Yeah, yeah just win. Do it. Just do it. win. Just win. Just for luck. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah, next week.